I'm here with Becky and Hugh, who are the co-founders of Painter Jackets, a jacket brand who make very well thought out French chore jackets. Um, first off, guys, do you want to tell me about how it came about? Yeah. Um, so it's about 2017. So um, I work for a denim brand called Hyatt Denim, based in West Wales. Um, and we make in West Wales as well. And for ages, um, this guy, Paul, who works with us, he repairs our jeans. He used to come in in these coolest jackets all the time. And I loved them, and I wanted to make my own. Um, so I bought loads and loads of jackets, like jaw jackets from all over the world. Um, started taking them apart to make my own pattern, and then used the scrap denim in the factory to actually remake the jackets. And it was going for a couple of months, and it was going really well, and I was like, like having a great time just, just like doing it on the side. And like most creative side projects, you put them aside um, and didn't touch it for ages. And then um, when we were, uh, it was a weekend away uh, up in North Wales, uh, maybe August 2018, um, I just whipped out this old chore jacket that I had, one of the ones I bought from my personal archive. And back it just goes, wow, that's a cool jacket. And Blackie's whole family were like, wow, that's a really nice jacket. And everybody in the family tried it on and they just looked great in it. And it's because the jacket was not like the traditional uh, or the common George jackets that you see where they're kind of really boxy, the sleeves that could fit like, I don't know, three arms in them, the size of them, they're really baggy, they're really short. Um, it was really slim fitting. Quite felt quite tailored and really well made. Really like how they'd been sewn together was really considered. Um, and so from that point onwards, I never saw that jacket again. Um, <laughs> uh, that was the day. That was the last day I saw that jacket, and to this day, I've never worn that jacket again. Um, I actually love it. I took it back to London for safekeeping. Yeah. <laughs> so luckily, because of the fit of it, it was a slim fit compared to a normal boxy chore jacket. It actually looked better on Becky than it did on me yeah. <laughs> and so yeah I never saw that chore jacket again and that kind of sparked the whole thing of okay Becky's got my jacket now I need a new jacket I, I looked everywhere for the same brand the same construction but you couldn't find it anywhere and we thought well we love brands we love clothing we love really well made considered clothing uh, made with like really good fabrics that that have layers of story built into them. Um, so we thought, okay, why don't we just make our own jacket? Let's remake this. Let's, um, we kind of have an idea of how to make an item of clothing. Um, we have an idea of like um, how we want it to fit, how we want it to, what, what it should be made of. Um, and yeah, so then we started the going down the rabbit hole of making our own jackets. <laughs> We met a really cool photographer, yeah. um, a guy called Andrew Painter, who's based in San Francisco. And just by the nature of what he does every day, he needs quite a particular like um, piece of clothing because of maybe the size of film that he uses. He wanted pockets that would specifically fit that kind of film um, or various lenses, different cameras, that kind of thing. So he would end up taking really old jackets and then getting his tailor to actually remake them for him. And with the details that he wanted to fit his daily life and 
we met him and we had really good chats and we just loved his ethos and just thought god you're a cool guy <laughs> love your style <laughs> yeah, i wish i was that cool yeah like, san francisco best photographer just looks really california <laughs> sounds like the yeah. san fran equivalent of like bill cunningham it yeah exactly oh honestly he is a modern day bill such a nice guy um i think that was also we met him at around the same time that we decided we wanted to remake hugh's jacket and so we were kind of thinking okay there's loads of reasons why we love this jacket but also what would we change about it for now and so the nature of him updating old classics with how he like how he would want that jacket to suit his daily life and his job we thought was pretty interesting um also painter just like rolls off the tongue we really liked it such a great name <laughs> for Andrew Painter, <laughs> yeah, for Andrew like, Painter. Yeah. yeah, it's like sorry. So we asked his permission. Yeah, and he was, do you mind he if we use then. your name? Oh, great. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a, yeah. So it's quite a quick one, really. Yeah, it's now August 2019, and yeah. you guys launched your first first batch earlier this year. Yeah. And I actually I've been following you on Instagram. That's how I found out about your jackets. Um, but I missed out on buying one because they sold out so quickly. Oh. <laughs> So do you want to tell me about what that was like when you had this little project and then it just took off so well, like it's been so well received on Instagram. You've got loads of followers on there who are really um, complimentary, enthusiastic about what you're doing. Yeah, well, we so we've never had our own. Either of us have never had our own company before. So we really didn't know what we were doing, I don't think. But what we both really were really interested in is with other brands, like what? What did they do at the beginning? How did they actually make that product? How did they set up the brand? How did they know what to do? Decide on their colors, learn about cash flow. How did they raise enough money to make something? Like we had so many questions for the brands that we were interested in. And we knew that our friends would be asking the same questions of us. Like, how can you afford to go to Premier Vision and look for cool fabrics? How do you make something? How do you learn about the dyeing process, all of this? So. I think from the start, because we were so curious as to what that process is, we decided that we would share absolutely every part of that process way before the product was ready and like as we were doing it every day. So basically since August 2018 until now for the whole year, we've posted on Instagram about that process every day, despite both working full time in other jobs. Um, and we've also had a newsletter like every two weeks or so and sometimes less frequent when we've been really busy just updating everyone on the behind the scenes of making this thing Mm. and so I think that captured people's interest and they loved being part of it because we'd ask people to vote on details that we might be thinking about changing or the first colours that we'd make or um, yeah really involving everyone yeah Yeah. because imagine um, going back in time and seeing Paul Smith make his very first like white shirt like where they made the pattern on the kitchen table and then they went to find a factory and the, 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 the shirts were made in um, in a workwear factory. And so that's how they were so well made and so heavy mm. and, and like how they, so that they lasted so long. And he just brought the new fabrics and the fits. It's like, imagine seeing that whole process right at the beginning with any brand. Like we're obsessed with brands. Mm. And just to have that insight to see the whole creative process, we thought, well, if that's what we'd love to see in any brand, we should be doing it. Um, and I think once you are that transparent and you let people in, they really appreciate what goes into it. And we, I think we make people think about um, what went into making their clothes, where their fabrics come from, where the buttons come from, who makes it, how much are they getting paid. 
Um, like how far has this garment traveled? Um, is it sustainable in any way? Um, how long is it going to last? What details have you added to make it last that long? Um, yeah, there's a lot, I think, that we've done to hopefully open people's eyes to actually what goes into it. As in, yes, our jackets sold out in 15 minutes, but we've really 14. done it... 14 minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it took nine months to build that, to tell people that story. I can imagine that any large fashion company invests loads of money in like focus groups and mm. having people come mm. in and say, you know, doing studies saying, oh, this seems to be the way the market is going. And it's all guesswork and quite often fails. But you post a picture of something and then someone will comment, oh, how about you try this? Or mm. how about you make one in this color or something like that? And you'll reply to them. Yeah, of and course. be like, yeah, this is, this is, you know, we will do this or this is why we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're almost collaborating with the people who you're going to sell your jackets to. Yeah, completely. Um, I think one of the things that's really interesting about Instagram is the stuff that you don't see. So it's actually the direct messages with people behind the scenes. So we've had some super in-depth and really long conversations with, I can't even tell you how many people, it must be well over 100, during the process of making. Before you say that, though, yeah. so every person that's ever followed us on Instagram has oh, so Becky is Instagram she is a queen of it like <laughs> like she has built this community up in an amazing way um, and every person who has followed us has received a message from us in the DMs so which like, is written by me it's yeah, not which is, a bot it's not a bot or anything <laughs> it's Becky messaging that each person yeah I remember so, getting mine actually so, yeah <laughs> so it's not that we've talked to hundreds of people We've talked oh, to over five thousand. Talked to five thousand. Every individual, like what brand does that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's quite timely. Uh, but it's but then it. it's that it's that that met that first initial message which sparked the, like the hundreds of other conversations that came after it mm. that were so in depth about what people loved about jackets, what they currently wear or have worn, and what they would like to improve on. Like there was a guy on the Euro Tunnel on the way to Paris from London. Max. Uh, Max, yeah. yeah. We talked to Max for about two hours while he was on the Eurostar. And it was on a Friday night and we didn't know what he was up to. We were like, it's okay if you'd want to stop talking to us now because it's Friday night. Like, you're welcome to go back to whatever your plans were. And he was like, no, 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 I'm on the Eurostar. I've got two hours to kill and I'd love to talk to you about jackets. <laughs> and we ended up talking to him about all of his favourite pieces, why he loved them, like the very particular things about those jackets that made them special to him. And he ended up at the end of it saying, do you know what, I'll post you all my favourite jackets. I trust you. You can have a look at them. You can take a note of the details and take pictures of the things you like, have a good look at them. Just send them back. I know you will. Like, we've, we've spoken for long enough now. Oh, wow. Um, and we've met a couple of people like, out and about at events where we've um, been and like, we've been talking about painter and things. And one or two of them have come over and be like, are you guys Becky and Hugh from Painter? And be like, yeah, are you Simon? Because we've spoken on Instagram DMs about jackets at length. And like, when you talk to people that much, you actually really get to know them. And that, that's one of the things I love the most about creating people, creating people, creating jackets for people. <laughs> so you had an exciting email you were telling me about before we started recording from a magazine yeah yeah so like as i said we're obsessed with brands 
and one of the best magazines in the world on brands is Magazine B, which is a Korean magazine. It stands for Brand Balance. Yeah, Brand Balance, where they basically they make documentary magazines of a brand. So they'll take a brand like Patagonia or Lego or Bic or Porter Bags, uh, and they'll literally like go in depth on the whole company where it started their products their philosophies um give me give you all the statistics on the on the brand as well and they're they've just finished their one on apc and becky got an email um a couple of months ago uh, and she called me straight away and said hey um i think you might need to sit down um magazine B have emailed and asked if you want to be in the APC issue um, they they want to include brands that um, maybe have the same philosophy or ethos um, as APC in the magazine uh, I was they said it was between us and Margaret Hal that they <laughs> wanted someone um, I think a bit more sparky and interesting they said <laughs> that was and, incredible which is just <laughs> mind blowing on its own isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they, yeah, they said that I think the, the things that they saw a similarity in with us and APC, which sounds ridiculous even saying, was the sustainability ethos and also like basics really well made and yeah. kind of almost the accessible luxury element, I think yeah. it was as well. Obsession with the product and just the like APC, um, their uh, clothes are complicated, but to make something so simple. It's very complicated. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's quite, um, it's, yeah, mind blown. It's very exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so come yeah. out in Korean, yeah. so we can't read that. <laughs> yeah. So it'll September. come out in September oh, right. in, yeah. in London. But we've had a few in, messages um, of English, people yeah. who've had the Korean magazine and sending pictures to us yeah. of it. So let's hope it's not a page of them slating us. Yeah. We'll yeah. <laughs> see. So yeah, it's like, to be, to be a year old, not even a year old, maybe, um, and to go, wow, we've already, to be honest, that would be my goal. Like, if we could be in that magazine. In, like, 20 years' time. Yeah, I'd be so very, cool. very happy to do in a year. It's like, okay, where do you go from here? Yeah. <laughs> Feels a bit too soon, Yeah, so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny thing when, you know, that's all that we just launched. 300 jackets they sold out you'll never be able to buy that jacket again we're never going to remake it not in the same way you will redo the style but it'll be a different fabric different illustrator um, on the inside different buttons mm. uh, maybe you tweak the fit after we've learned that something but yeah it, it'll never be the same so once like it's very very like limited mm. it's like it's, if people think oh Oh, we're a chore jacket company. Um, one day you won't be able to buy a chore jacket from us. It might be oh, in two years' time you can get one from us. Mm. It's quite an interesting thing as a brand when people can't get something from you that they might want, or they might see something from your archive and go, "That was a cool jacket. Can you can you make that again?" And go like, "No, we've moved on. We've we've found new inspiration." It sounds a little bit like you're gonna put someone in the same place that you were in before you started where they're like yeah. we need to make this jacket because I can't find it anymore true yeah no yeah. no exactly and maybe like I don't know they might find her on eBay one day uh, or like I always imagine uh, how cool it would be to make a product that 
um, when you go into a vintage shop, you find this jacket hanging up and you just got someone really, really excited about it. And to think that, that one day will be our jacket, that's pretty cool. Mm. Oh, wow, this is a real painter. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, oh my so God, cool. this is like, because they're all numbered in the year that they're launched, the month and the year. And we work with illustrators um, to illustrate limited edition labels in each one. And so it's like, oh wow, this is the one Crystal Renzo did in like May 2018, uh, 2019. Um, and yeah, there's only 300 of them. Each one is numbered. I think, yeah, just the simple fact of having to wait for an item. You know, there's no, you can't have a, no one's going to impulse buy one of your jackets, are they? No it's not, chance, a, no. it doesn't work like that. So I think that's a great way of combating fast fashion without really saying it. Yeah. Is yeah. that if you're going to buy this, you will have to think about it and wait for the, the you have three or four months to think about it mm. <laughs> yeah and then you have another two months after where when they're actually being made and all of the various materials and um, pieces are being sourced to make those jackets then we'll show you behind the scenes of your actual jacket being made mm-hmm. so yeah what like after people had purchased we showed them right okay where are the buttons at the moment? How are the buttons being dyed? Um, what does the jacket look like before the sleeves are sewn on? Yeah. The whole jacket before it's actually taken its colour. And we'll visit the factory halfway through to make sure that the production and the quality is as we had signed off for our initial samples. And we'll show them every single part to then how are they transported to us um, as we are writing hand-numbered um, labels for every single jacket. We'll be showing them that process too. So. I think if we can really celebrate those people who took a trust in us to buy something before it existed physically, then they'll tell more people that you can buy like that and how special that feels. And hopefully through word of mouth, then we can, yeah, change that fast fashion classic buying process of, oh, I don't feel great in something, I'm going to go and buy another version of it today on a whim and I'll probably never wear it again. Um, I think we're the polar opposite to that. And for that reason, we will always be small. But if we can be small and have more impact, then that's actually, that's enough. That's a really good thing to us. Yeah, it's quite funny thinking about it now. If someone found this in, during the launch of, because a lot of people are talking about us during the week of the launch. Um, if someone found us then, the next, by the time, if they actually managed to get into batch two, they wouldn't get a jacket until December so they found us in May but they can't actually have anything from us till December that's such a long time yeah. it's like I find brands sometimes I'm like as soon as I find them I connect them straight away and you might want to get something from them but with us it's like actually we're going to date for a bit <laughs> we're going to get to know each other we're going to really see like if we know like, if we like each other and um, by the, when the time comes you know yeah, maybe you'll commit. <laughs> <laughs> so this so batch two is going to be shipped out in December. When can we um, order it online? Pre-orders will be October. October. Yeah. Looking f- first two weeks of October. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um, we won't know exactly for a few more weeks probably yet, but we'll mm-hmm. announce everything, exact dates and times. It'll basically always be 9am on a Saturday, I think. Yeah. Sorry to everyone in LA who had yeah. to get up at 2am last time. <laughs> um, but... Yeah. Yeah, I think it probably will be 9am on a Saturday yeah. in early October, but we'll release via newsletter and Instagram before we launch. Yeah. I yeah. didn't realise you were shipping as far as LA. I thought, I don't know, I you thought 300 jackets. You shipped to 16 jackets. countries yeah. this time, actually. Yeah. 
So we, so we cool. did Hong Kong, um, LA, Thailand, Brooklyn, one in Thailand. Australia. Uh, Warakorn, who bought in Thailand, is so happy that he's the only <laughs> one in Thailand. That's <laughs> cool. Jazz, the, the only man in Thailand. Yeah. With a painter. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's great, isn't it? As yeah. in, we had, uh, we were sent like, screenshots of WhatsApp groups in Australia of everyone saying, yeah, I'm going to be there like uh, in time for the launch. And like only one of the pe- people in that group managed to get one. As in, there were so many. So, like, on, on our software, um, you can see how many people left jackets in the carts or were in the purchase process. When we sold when out. When we sold out. And there were so many. They were absolutely gutted. Or people who... It's actually quite scary, wasn't it? Because we, yeah. we did not think it would happen anything like as fast as it did. Yeah. At all. We so, basically thought well we need to place an order with our factory and our minimum order is 300 so we need to be able to place the order as soon as we can after people have paid because obviously you know the the clock as to when they're delivered starts and when they're paid and we've promised eight to ten weeks so we basically gave ourselves a week and we said let's try and sell 300 in a week and then we'll place our order and if we can't, at least then we know, you know, a good proportion of what size and what colour people are after and we can bump up the order by that and we can think about how to resell them afterwards. Um, but, yeah, it was 14 minutes so we didn't actually have to do that in the end. It's amazing, yeah. It's <laughs> just really lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah, it blew Trump us away completely, it. didn't it? We've had so many people wanting to invest in us. We've had so many people wanting to wholesale our jackets and we just said no to everyone. Uh, because we know we have very strong principles. We've put our sticks in the sand and we're saying no, because that doesn't line with us. That's not what we set out to do. We're sticking with what we intended to do and we'll not kind of veer away from that. See, that's very mm. admirable because I think if you, if I was doing so well with something that I've got investors contacting me Mm. I find it very hard to turn down the chance to grow a project and yeah. have more money to play around with, even even from the perspective of getting things right quicker or something, yeah. you know, not not just yeah, for profit, profit yeah. reasons. I think we're both very lucky to have worked in some really interesting businesses in the last, like we're not, we haven't had long careers, but we've both worked in lots of different types of businesses um, for the last five years or so. And we've seen businesses that have been invested in and we've seen ones that haven't and we've seen people who've stayed really really close to the values and the reasons why they started making the things that they have and we've seen others who've perhaps been invested in and then they've had a lot of different pressures that they've had to answer to and they've had to scale and they've had to cut quality they've had to take on all sorts of different costs and pressures because of that outside expectation and the values at which they started the brand and the reasons why they started making have basically gone out the window because of the pressures put on their backs by other people and I think seeing that as an outsider or as an insider working for another company, you realise what pressure that puts on the people, the values, the product itself. Um, and it's, it, I think while it can be amazing and needed for some kinds of companies, and you look at companies like tech companies and you think there's no chance you could ever get to delivering what you do without huge sums of money that you need investment for, we don't, and the reason why we started it was because we love making, because we wanted something that Hugh and I could control all of the parts of the process to be as fun as we wanted it to be, to have a lifestyle that we wanted, but we don't want anything 
really massive from it. Like the people we've asked, not we haven't asked like advice on investment. We've been told by friends who had taken investment that they wish they hadn't. Really? Or, yeah. They just are they in fashion as well? Or? It's a mix. Not so, no. A good mix of industries, and it's just like barely on my company anymore. Took it on too early. Um, yeah. Okay, it's just too much. It's yeah. like regret. Everyone who's sold companies regret. And it's like, okay, do you know what's a really easy principle to have? Don't take out investment. We don't do that. It's like, it's just like, um, you know, really, really healthy people, they don't eat McDonald's. We don't take out investment. We do eat McDonald's, though. We do eat McDonald's. We're really hungry. It's like, cool. But yeah, it's like, it's just our identity. It's like, it's, it's not even surface level. It's like at the core of our identity as a brand. We do not do this. Hmm. And we stick to it. Like companies I respect are like Red Wing. They've been around for so long. Like I would much rather be a Red Wing who still mainly make boots. Yeah, they sell some socks, but <laughs> for like decades they only made some really good boots. Mm. Um, why not be the next Red Wing? I don't want to be the next like flash in the pan. Yeah. Um, mm. I'd rather have longevity over lots of money. Mm. I think, yeah, you mentioned Red Wing. I think one thing I really dislike in fashion overall is um, trainers. Like, I own <laughs> trainers. But what I mean by that is how quick a specific trainer will be in fashion. Mm. And mm. all the sort of limited edition, collaboration... You know, all these things that could be, in your context, limited mm. edition collaboration works because you want the product to last and that kind of thing. But, you know, Nike will do a shoe that is like an Air Max from the 1990s, but it's a collaboration with something that's fashionable at the moment. And that trainer... It's an easy sell. Yeah. And it just yeah. it looks revolting, but it's like, you know, because it's like a bold move or something is eye-catching and that person will spend a couple of hundred quid on a pair of trainers and they'll look ridiculous in a year mm-hmm. or five years or whatever and then you know whereas a red wing boot if you look at an advert from is it the 1800s or is that too long ago no, maybe 1910 you. or something yeah it's they're, they're well old yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing like you look at those boots um, and fashion's changed infinitely since then mm-hmm. but the boot is the same it doesn't mm. look old fashioned if you see someone in the street wearing a red wing boot today mm. it doesn't look ridiculous no. it's just like yeah that's you know it's a staple yeah it's just a very well made product that is um, it's what they call a perennial seller it it's just something that will keep on selling because the product is so good um, I think I'd like to touch on what you said about like the collaborations and the flash in the pan launches and there's it's quite interesting um, when we were talking about our business model that we saw these like Supremes and these you know Adidas you have to download an app play this game get a really good score in this game and if you're in the top like 100 you get a chance to buy these trainers but I've it's only heard of that, that it's, it's only mad. through it's only yeah. through doing this that you can buy the trainers um, and it's like wow okay that's this idea of the drop model or the scarcity um the limited edition uh, business model you see that a lot in streetwear but we were like oh wonder if this would work for jackets just well-made jackets nothing mm. nothing hyped about the no no big logos nothing like that 
really value a product, would that work? So that's kind of mm. what we're trying to do. Yeah, and I, I think we did that not because we wanted to create a business that was that fitted into that mm. streetwear mindset at all. It was more because we both really really care about um, what we're making and, and the sustainability of that item and I think that sustainability and eco as a whole has a really bad rep like I think now it's get, it's becoming a bit of a buzzword which is great but you, you've really got to ask the questions to know what is behind it and there's still the connotations of sustainability equals hemp socks and like it's not cool if that's the first thing mm. like if you're like oh we make sustainable jackets great that's not that cool make really well made beautifully thought through jackets that are interesting they've got limited edition illustrations inside everyone is hand numbered oh and they happen to be sustainable that's a lot more interesting and so i think we thought about it from that angle of Mm. how how do we create things that are really well made and are sustainable at their heart and so we can try and rethink the way that sustainability is perceived in our own little way um but yeah, rather than going like, oh, right, let's let's create this next hype thing. Yeah, it's not yeah. that, it's more... It's like, how can you make sustainable sexy? Is it possible sexy? to make sustainable sexy, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, could you get people keeping around the corner for something that's sustainable? Mm. Right now, I couldn't name one brand that's kind of doing that. Maybe Patagonia, if they did a collaboration with somebody. But, yeah, you rarely, rarely mm. get it. Because things are definitely taking hold. Like, you've got... Um, but is it Veja? Veja? I don't know if that's it. Veja. Veja. Yeah. Trainers on. Um, and I see them everywhere now. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that seems to be like I first heard of them like a year ago, I guess. And Same. now I see them literally everywhere and it's taken hold and yeah. they are like the sustainable trainer. They are and mm-hmm. they're really pushing with their mm. production to see what more they can do all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're sim- very, very simply designed, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Really, really uncomfortable to start. Really? Yeah, they're so uncomfortable. <laughs> For a few you, weeks and then... Again, like Red Wing, you have to go through a bit through. of pain to get the gain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they are... Um, yeah, I think that you sent me a post this week mm. of Vija and yeah. it's just, like, again, they're really pushing things to be as sustainable as possible. So how can we follow what you're up to? Mm, probably Instagram is the best for daily updates, which is as um, at Painter Jacket, which is P A Y N T R Jacket. <laughs> and then. That's all jingle. <laughs> then I will DM you and we'll have a good chat. So, um, yeah, definitely draw, slide into our DMs. And then um, for actual launch dates, I would say probably the most reliable places to make sure that you're on the newsletter because yeah. that's where we will send all of the information about. Yeah. The process of what's going into the next jacket, the details, the shapes, the size charts. Um, we'll we, have we go in depth yeah, exactly. in what you see on Instagram. And the times and the dates that you need to know. Um, but yeah, I think they're the two places really. Hey, well thanks a lot for talking to me guys. Thanks, Thank you very it's been much. great. And good luck with batch number two. Thank cool. you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>